It's self show. Play Say with it. No. Mo. Yeah. Uh huh. And another one. She rockin', she rockin', she rockin' alone, and she poppin', she poppin', she poppin' the songs, and she makin', she makin', she makin' her own, cause black girls rock, black girls rock, yeah. She rockin', she rockin', she rockin' alone, and she poppin', she poppin', she poppin' the songs, and she makin', she makin', she makin' her own, cause black girls rock, black girls rock. Welcome to Her Talks. Her Talks is a podcast that focuses in on everything business, blending, and black, meaning I focus in and highlight women of color who are entrepreneurs who are out there finding and chasing their dreams, as well as giving you guys a glimpse into my life as a blended mother of four boys. Um, You know, life is a journey, and it's something that I think we are all trying to figure out along the way. I love interviewing people who seem to have some sort of insight on how to make life a little bit easier, more fun, and just finding their purpose and walking comfortably in that purpose. So thanks so much for listening and check out this new episode of Her Talks. Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of Her Talks. Uh, This is part two of a two-part series, um, kind of discussing my journey of healing. I apologize for the <laughs> sound quality of the last uh, podcast. I'm not really sure what happened. I may record the entire thing and put it back out there. But anyway, um, if you haven't listened to that one, you can definitely go back and listen to it now. Uh, but I will recap. So basically, um, I was talking about um, how I ended up as a single mother. Uh, My parents ended up divorcing after 20 plus years, 20, like 23 years of marriage um, in 2009. And then I ended up graduating college. And then um, I had just ended uh, a relationship as well from something a long time ago uh, that I thought that I would be um, getting married from, essentially. And after those situations did not materialize um it turned into um me kind of being disenchanted with marriage and um where I was supposed to go from there um and so I decided that I was just going to be somebody who ended up um you know just kind of being like the rest of my friends kind of were you know they had been dating all through um, college and they had had a lot of fun and you know I had always been dating um, for serious means for serious reasons um and so uh, that's when I was introduced to Daniel's dad and I found myself pregnant and it was a situation where I was like there's no way that I can kind of go through this situation. I'm just not interested in um, doing this. (laughs) First of all, I didn't think I had the financial means or the mental capacity to be able to do it. Um, But I ended up confiding in some people that ended up being very, very supportive of me. And then I told my mother and then we then I made the decision that I, I wanted to do in the beginning, but I was too afraid to say of actually wanting to be a mother. 
uh, because I knew that I was going to be a single mother. I knew that from the beginning. So um, I knew that I would have my own journey of ups and downs. I mean, I think being a mother in general, but now that I'm married and I have kids within my marriage with my husband, parenting is no cakewalk. <laughs> so uh, deciding to become a parent, deciding to become a mother is always a big deal. So anyway, um, it was during this time that I kind of really reconnected with God and kind of got back on track and, you know, really just leaned in to him and said, you know, you don't make any mistakes. I know the situation may be bigger than me, um, but I know that you have given me this child for such a time as this. And in the first um, part of this, I also kind of said that I was the person that emotionally disconnected from individuals and it was through my pregnancy and the birth of my first child that I was able to learn how to properly connect with individuals um, because I loved Daniel so much. I was sick for three and a half months, <laughs> violently ill, um, but my very first ultrasound in January of 2010, I got a chance to actually see um, and I was so small, like I wasn't even showing at this time, I got a chance to actually see Daniel and I remember looking at the ultrasound like there is a person living inside of my body. It was the most surreal <laughs> experience that I ever had. And I, like I said, I had connected from the very first test. Um, I was just scared overall. I was scared. I was unsure of my own ability because I was like, you know, I didn't exactly come into this situation making the best choices. And I was worried that my decisions were of course ultimately going to affect my child and then you hear all these statistics of single mothers and their children and all these different things I really really had to separate myself from negativity right even within that because there are facts and then there are truths and yes as a um a, a woman that loves you know, psychology, sociology, love statistics. We also know that statistics can be skewed in different ways, depending on different variables. Um, I like to deal in truth. And as a person of faith, I believe, and I still believe that truth can overwhelm statistics, can overwhelm facts. And so while I knew that there was a lot against me, I also knew that I had a lot of factors that unfortunately some other single mothers don't have. I had a lot of support. I had a supportive mother. I had a supportive friend group. My baby shower for Daniel was attended by like almost 30 people. I mean, it was insane. The amount of stuff that I got um, before he was born in preparation for him to come was insane. And I didn't spend a lot of money out of pocket. His godmother stepped up tremendously. I mean, I can go on and on and on about the different ways that I was blessed. But that's part of my healing journey was knowing, number one, that I can accept love. I can accept support. And I can also ask, ask for help because that was one of the things that I really, really struggled with. Asking for help was a huge, huge deal for me. And I never... Um, I never really knew how to ask for help properly. Um, and so through that whole experience, I started learning how that worked. Um, so it was intentional for me as well. I reached out to a lot of people. Um, I joined different and various support groups 
Um, I journaled a lot. I read my Bible. I started getting back involved in church. And like I said, I'm also a, a proponent of counseling. Um, and I really reached out at this point to my church members. So, um, cause I had ran away from church when I was pregnant. <laughs> After I had Daniel, I really got myself back focused. But when I was pregnant, you know, I wanted to protect my peace and protect my space. And although a lot of people, you know, in church can be very supportive, they can also be very judgmental. And I just didn't need any other ne negativity kind of entering my space. I protected my space very, very vehemently. <laughs> like I just made sure that I had proper people around me. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, I'm always open for people being honest with me, but I knew I was in a vulnerable, vulnerable position. So I made sure that I protected my peace. So for nine months, I didn't let any negativity in. If anybody said anything negative about my situation or about my son's father at that time, they had to go. So I just separated myself from those negative people, from those negative thoughts. And like I said, I worked on my own healing that way. And I am a big proponent of, you know, therapy and kind of working through some things that way as well. But it was through um, birthing Daniel that I really realized that I could do things that I didn't know about. And because again, you know, I had just graduated college. I was still living at home with my mother. I had just started my first job. Um, and so it, things just rapidly progressed. You know, I was able to, after six months of having him, I was able to get um, a better position. I was also able to move out of my mother's home. I mean, things just happened rapidly. And it was because I had a good support system. It's also because I know, too, that I had education behind me. I mean, there's so many factors that really helped me be successful. And that I, you know, I take um, no qualms about saying, like, I had a lot of things working for me that some people in my position don't have. Um, and I am forever, ever grateful for that. Um, one of the things that I really struggled with was the guilt of being a single mother for my son. You know, knowing that I would never be able to give him a complete family with his father in the home was very, very difficult for me because I grew up with my father in my home and I never foresaw myself not being with somebody and having a child with them. Um, and like I said, I knew from the beginning that I was going to be a single mother. So it wasn't even a, a situation where I a hundred percent knew that I was going to have an active co-parent as well. Um, I pretty much knew that, um, his dad wasn't going to be super, super active, um, from the beginning. And I experienced most of the pregnancy alone. And again, that was that was by choice like i i never try to force anybody to do anything um so i went through that process again i i wanted positive people around me i didn't want to have a bunch of stress so i ended up you know experiencing most of the pregnancy by myself the birth was experienced by the godfather the godmother and another friend and my mother um <clears throat> and it was about a month later that um, Daniel actually met his dad for the first time. Um, during this time, this entire process of me trying to learn how to properly co-parent and try to balance my own thoughts and feelings about what a father should do, what a mother, mother should do. You know, I think, of course, those are always conversations you should have before you have children. <laughs> like having them after the fact, 
gets a little sticky, uh, to say the least. So, um, where I am <clears throat> on this journey is I, I do believe in communication and over-communicating. You know, I think that that's something that is, you know, definitely necessary. But you also have to understand where the other person is coming from as well. Like, you can't force your own values and belief system on somebody else. It just never, ever works. Um, and a lot of the healing that I had to do was really to stop focusing outwardly and to focus inwardly. Like, stop trying to control situations um, as far as how I thought things should go and actually work through things as to what the truth actually was. Like, you can hope for things and you can want things to be a certain way, but that doesn't mean that that's the way that they are. And you and yourself have to be fine with the fact that things are not always going to be perfect and they're not going to be the way that you think that they should be. And you really just have to let it go and let, let God kind of lead. And that has been my experience with, you know, co-parenting and all the bumps that come along the way. I actually wrote a piece on co-parenting and kind of spoke about about nine different areas that's on the blog. Again, the blog is herbyrenee.com that kind of talks about co-parenting and how to have a healthy co-parenting relationship. Um, because, <laughs> and again, I'm no expert. <laughs> uh, I've had my own ups and downs and my own bumps and bruises. And, you know, I just believe that a lot of times, as mothers especially, we deal with so much guilt and we deal with so many um, expectations um, of ourselves, of society puts them on us. You know, it is important to know who you are in Christ, who you are as an individual, what your own goals for your life are, what your goals are as a mother, you know, all these different things, because that to me is where healing can really start to manifest. Because if you don't know who you are, if you don't know whose you are, you don't know what you're doing, um, confusion leads to instability and instability can really lead you to make unwise decisions because you're just grasping at something because you have all these different people trying to tell you what to do and so it is important for you to stand in your own decisions like those one of the things you know my husband is of course my accountability partner so one of the things that he always tells me is standing in my truth and standing in my decisions he's like everybody may not agree with you but you know that every time you think of a, of a decision for your child, that you're you're doing the best that you know how with the information that you have. And you need to stand in that. And you don't always have to justify yourself. And so I, I spent a long time trying to justify various things like, oh, well, I should do this because of that. And that's not really where God was leading me. Like I was really just trying to pacify situations or make peace with situations that honestly were out of my control and by me trying to be passive and by me trying to seek peace in certain things it was really prolonging and pulling situations out that needed to be accurately and adequately dealt with like a lot of times we have this especially I know in the south my friend from Chicago Lisa is always telling me she's like girl we don't do that up here <laughs> she said that must be a southern thing you know, we don't try to pacify. And I was like, huh. You know, I find myself constantly throughout the day apologizing, apologizing for things that have absolutely nothing to do with me. So anyway, I found myself in various situations, not just with my, my co-parent or slash parallel parenting situation, but like on my job and other things. Like you have a moment where you try to pacify someone 
um, you're because you want to please that person. You don't want anybody mad at you. You know, you want everybody to like you. And honestly, on this planet, it doesn't matter what you do. You're always not going to be somebody's cup of tea. And that's okay. I had a whole blog post about this. My very last blog, my very last blog post was about um, you will never be enough for somebody who doesn't want you. And you have to realize in whatever situation or capacity that you find yourself in, whether it's an employment situation, a relationship, whether it's romantic, platonic, or family, that you have to be okay to be okay with knowing that somebody's not going to like you <laughs> or that they might not agree with the decision that you make. A lot of the times we spend a lot of our energy focusing on other people and their thoughts about us and um, it really stops us from being able to focus on what God is trying to tell us to do and how he's moving. When you have so many different voices inside of your head fighting against you, what you believe is right for yourself, it can make it very, very difficult make it very, very difficult for you to find solace within yourself. That was the biggest thing that I had to learn. Um, once I learned how to really appropriately open myself up, open my heart up and love someone, you know, it started off with Daniel. And then, of course, you know, now with my husband, you know, working through that journey of what healthy love looks like. And healthy love is not a yes all the time. A healthy love is boundaries. A healthy love is being able to speak up for my needs and my wants and to listen to somebody else's needs and wants as well. But it's not manipulation and it's not something that you have to earn. Um, it is something that you definitely work on. You know, um, I think a lot of times um, in some previous situations, I tried to earn certain things from certain people or prove myself to certain people. You know, and the great thing about, you know, my marriage is I don't have to prove anything to my husband. Um, he married me for who I am and he knows exactly who I am. Now, can I improve myself? Absolutely. Can he improve himself? Absolutely. But there isn't this need or there isn't this push from him uh, to try to tell me how I need to be. And that's very freeing. And I think we need more people in our lives who accept us as who we are and lovingly nudge us in the direction of betterment, but not berating us, not embarrassing us. You know, a lot of times, you know, people like to, to do that tough love scenario, like, oh, well, I, I can say whatever I want to say to you and how I need to say it if I couch it under tough love. And that in and of itself is not accurate, at least it's not accurate for me. You can be raw and unfiltered with me all day long, but um, being critical it shuts me down and it does not help me to grow. So, you know, knowing your, your points, your trigger points of, you know, okay, this right here, if so-and-so says this, it makes me shut down. If so-and-so says that, it makes me blow up. You know, knowing yourself is a key too, because you can start to remove yourself from situations that are highly volatile or highly emotional until you're ready to deal with those things. You know, there are certain times, even with my husband, I have to say, hey, I cannot discuss this in this moment. Like, I need a few minutes. Let me gather my thoughts because it helps me. It helps me because it stops me from saying something that I'm just running off at the mouth at. Cause sometimes my mouth runs faster than my mind and stuff will just fly on out. 
And then two, it gives me a moment to collect myself and open my heart and mind to what somebody else has to say. So for me, healing and wholeness looks like me putting up proper boundaries um, and not allowing people to step on those. And then also, you know, having scenarios and situations where I can vent to trusted people who will give me a time frame. You can't be venting about the same thing every single day for 20 years and not do anything about it, not do anything about it. Um, if there's a situation that you can't change, definitely try to find a way to get yourself out of it. If you can't get yourself out of it, then definitely look to see what am I supposed to be learning? What am I supposed to be doing in this scenario right now? Because there are some situations, there are some people that you literally just cannot cut out. Um, you have to deal with them for whatever means. It could be a coworker, it could be a family member, it could be your co-parent. I mean, there's there's various situations that you just have to deal with people that you may rather not deal with. Um, and that is when you have to make sure that you are in a space or you are happy, healthy, and whole. Because when you come across an individual that may not be in that same healing space as you are, they're going to be negative, it's going to be drama, and it's going to be tiring. So you have to up your ante of making sure you are at a good place. Because again, there are some people you just cannot cut out your life and you're going to have to deal with them and some of their antics. But you can put up healthy boundaries. You can limit um, contact sometimes. You may not be able to completely cut them out, but you can limit contact. and Or you can communicate through different ways maybe this coworker you only talk to them via email you know they start to come to you oh you know what let me let me research that and get back to you i'll email you about it later cut them off you know if as much as you can get on a phone call when they come in oh i was just about to call so and so so sorry can't talk about that now i'll email you about it later <laughs> you know, if there's if that is just how you have to handle the situation until you're in a space where you can verbally communicate with them, I am all for it because I am for anything that's going to help us all heal. So I hope a little bit of my journey of, you know, becoming a mother, going through the blending process, because like I said, I don't think I talk about blending enough. And there are some not so great things about blending. It's hard, you know, um, but at the same time, you know, I think I am in a space now, not that I never get shook, not that nothing ever happens to me where I question myself, but I am more sure of who I am and where I am going than I ever have been before. And I have peace in knowing that everything that I do, I do out of love. Like I don't have to question my motive. And so that, that allows me to shut down any bank or anybody that would try to come against me saying that my motives are impure because I know that they're not. So, you know, again, knowing who you are, having a relationship with your spiritual being, mine is God. Like I said, I'm a Christian, like having that connection, um, working through some of the things of your past like I said, therapy may be a good place for you to start. Um, journaling helps me a lot as well. Uh, reading very positive things. Uh, shutting down social media. Like I like I am on a social media hiatus just so I don't get anything in my eye view right now that would take me off my journey of trying to get clarification from God. So I just removed myself. So find something that you may need to add to your life too. Don't just remove, add, you know, 
Um, I didn't completely like I, I get on like YouTube and I watch like pastors and do different things like I've added something to it, but I'm not doing Instagram. I'm not doing Facebook, not doing Twitter, not doing Snapchat, not doing anything where people have instant access and can put out their feelings and emotions instantly. I can scan through something on YouTube and be like, oh, nope, don't want to watch that and hide it and go on about my business. Um, and so I just wanted y'all to know one be careful of your space, protect your space, protect your heart, protect your mind, protect your eye view. You know, if there's a certain person that you have conflict with, stay off their social media pages. Don't go, oh girl, did you see what she's doing now? Did you see what he's doing now? That does not help your healing. Stop going to their social media pages. Stop going to their family's social media pages. Stop going to their friends' social media pages. Act like you don't know. <laughs> Act like you don't know a darn thing and keep it moving. And when people try to bring information, shut it down. This is a boundary situation, you know, and have accountability partners. Even say, hey, if I ask about so-and-so or if I start talking about this situation, give me a few minutes to vent about it. Like this is so annoying and then shut it down. Because there comes a point in time, even with venting, it's not healthy and helpful. If you're not trying to think of a solution, and you're constantly bringing this person or the situation up and you're not working on a solution, it doesn't do anything but bring you down. So focus on solutions. Always focus on solutions. Until next time, I'll talk to y'all later. Bye. Yeah. It's F show. Play Say with it. No. No. Yeah. And another one. She rockin', she rockin', she rockin' alone, and she poppin', she poppin', she poppin' the songs, and she makin', she makin', she makin' her own, cause black girls rock, black girls rock, yeah. She rockin', she rockin', she rockin' alone, and she poppin', she poppin', she poppin' the songs, and she makin', she makin', she makin' her own, cause black girls rock, black girls rock. Welcome to Her Talks. Her Talks is a podcast that focuses in on everything business, blending, and black, meaning I focus in and highlight women of color who are entrepreneurs who are out there finding and chasing their dreams, as well as giving you guys a glimpse into my life as a blended mother of four boys. Um, you know, life is a journey, and it's something that I think we are all trying to figure out along the way. I love interviewing people who seem to have some sort of insight on how to make life a little bit easier, more fun, and just finding their purpose and walking comfortably in that purpose. So thanks so much for listening and check out this new episode of Her Talks.